welcome into the Grass Station Podcast. My name is Marty, your host, and this is episode three. Today we are talking about our equipment, what we need to be working on, what we need to get ready for the season, taking a look at some of the things we use on a regular, every day, every week basis, and then maybe some of the things that we need more of on a monthly or a yearly basis. So stay tuned. We're going to go over all of the things that we need to get ready for our season. Some of us were fortunate enough to get out and already enjoy our first mow. We had a little bit of a cold spell, but then this last week got really nice, got up into the 70s. So many of us up here in Chicagoland area were able to get our first cuts in. Some people weren't, and, and if you're not, don't worry. It's still very early in the season, and that's why I'm going over a lot of these different equipment tips. How do we get ready, and what do we need to make sure that we have for the season to be successful? So stick around. It's going to be a fun one. If you haven't listened already to the first and the second episodes, I highly encourage you go back, at least listen to the second episode so that you can get an idea for what you should be doing right now with regard to our pre-emergent. The very first episode I was talking about soil tests and getting on the right strategy based on our budget, our willingness, and kind of our, our time frame. So think about that. If you can, go back, listen to the first couple. If you've listened to those first two, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that there's people out there that want to listen to this and find it interesting or need to learn. And for those people, I I thank you. Really, I do. Feel free to send this information to whoever you think would benefit from, from talking about the grass, or maybe you've got a friend that's maybe struggling with their lawn, or you notice one of your neighbors is struggling with their lawn, or maybe you just want to, you know, be able to pass along some information so please do that we can be found at our facebook page which is at grass station pod as well as twitter is the same handle Um, and now i've got an instagram the grass station podcast all those places i'm going to be posting regular everyday pictures of what's happening in my lawn and you know kind of more of a real-time feel where this is much more weekly and possibly more than that if if you know something's going on in the lawn that i need to be out there for so First off, what do we need equipment-wise? What should we be looking at? What should we be purchasing? Obviously, step number one needs to be a lawnmower. (laughs) Crazy idea, right? Can't mow the grass. You can't have a lawn without a lawnmower. Some people don't think that they need to mow the lawn as often as they do. (laughs) Let's be honest, right out of the gate here. Um, I personally mow my lawn two times a week during the grow season. Every three to four days, I'll I'll be mowing the lawn. And I know right off the bat, people are dropping their jaw. They're listening to this like, how is he going to make time for that? What? And the truth is, it's difficult. But if you don't stay on top of it, then it gets overgrown. And then you risk breaking the one-third rule. Ooh, what's the one-third rule? (laughs) Uh, One-third rule is that we never cut more than one-third of the grass blade at a time. This is a pretty hard rule that I try never to break because when you do, it introduces stress into the lawn. And of course, the lawn is resilient. It will bounce back. A lot of people say, Marty, it's just grass. Well, yeah, it is just grass. But the thing is, if we're stressing it out, then it's more susceptible to disease. It's more susceptible to going brown or potentially just not looking its best. 
So I try to avoid that. And in order to do that, I need to cut the lawn twice a week. So that's one of my first tips is to make sure that you're out there as often as possible. If you can't cut it once a week, you know, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Once a week should be okay for everybody. But when you say once a week, then it turns into once every 10 days, right? If you say twice a week and it ends up being once a week, then okay, we're good. So as long as you're aiming for twice a week, you should at least hit once a week, right? So that's, that's kind of out the gate what I want you guys to be thinking about this season. We need to be mowing our lawn as often as possible. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not just because it gets overgrown. One of the other major reasons that we mow the lawn so frequently is to prevent weeds. So this is also a piece that maybe everybody doesn't realize that a healthy turf is actually your best preventative for weeds. You know, there's a broadleaf weed that wants to be sitting in your yard. There's seeds all over the place. You can't help that. Birds come, they fly, they eat the seeds, they drop them. You know, all of a sudden now you've got dandelions in an area you never did before. Or maybe you've got something growing that you just have no idea. You have no control over that, right? Weeds will grow. But it'll have a very difficult time growing in a healthy stand of turf. So think about this, right? If you're a broadleaf weed, what do you need to do in order to, in order to survive? You need to grow tall and you need to expand your leaf in order to photosynthesize, to live. So if you're coming at it every two to three days or every three to four days, or at least every week, then in theory, you're cutting this broadleaf weed off at the knees at a crucial time when it's trying to collect sunlight in order to survive. So if you do this consistently, week after week after week after week, all of a sudden you'll see significantly fewer weeds. And let's also be honest, right? Uh, a freshly cut weed infested lawn looks better than a non freshly cut weed infested lawn. At least it's cut, right? But the thing about these weeds are that they grow faster than the lawn. So that's another reason why we want to come at it quickly. And they know that, right? These weeds understand that you're going to come and you're going to cut them. So they grow quickly so that they can expand quickly and they can absorb sunlight quickly. So you need to be on top of it. And that's one of the first major reasons why I recommend mowing twice a week. And really that comes down to every grass type. There's no one specific grass type that would not benefit from frequent mowing. Your frequent mowing is pretty consistent staple of your lawn care program. It has to be. So in order to be successful in this arena of cutting twice a week, of enjoying the mow, if you will, I don't want to steal that. That's definitely that's a, a phrase that's out in our community. I did not come up with that, but it's very true. You need to enjoy this process. And if you don't like mowing, then you need a new lawnmower because <laughs> everybody will enjoy a high-end lawnmower. And by everybody, I mean like, I don't know. I can't think of anybody that wouldn't enjoy like an awesome Toro stander, right? Or some kind of like cat or skag right you know some kind of cool lawnmower you know some one that costs like three grand four grand you're gonna love this thing right we gotta find a, like a more reasonable balance there are other pieces of equipment that are far less expensive that are still very high-end you need to think about your budget here because there's a, a very long list of available options that you can have that would be beneficial for your lawn and the first thing i want you to consider 
when you're thinking about buying a lawnmower is what's your grass type? Because yes, we know we need to cut it often and yes, we know we need to enjoy it. So now we need to understand what kind of, what kind of mower that we need. So what's your grass type? Up here in the north, it doesn't really matter unless you're, you're trying to mow really low. So the reason I say what's your grass type is because up here we've got, you know, fescues, which are taller, tall, you know, tall fescue. You've got your rye grass, which can be cut tall or short. And then you've got Kentucky bluegrass, which kind of lives in the middle there. You can definitely cut it short, but it does like to be a little bit taller, especially in the summer months. If you can cut it taller, then it, it will definitely be a little less uh, susceptible to drought, stress, and things like that. So these three different types of, of grass types here in the north can be cut tall, can be cut short, except for the, the fescue. You really don't want to cut fescue short. Some of them you can, um, but in my opinion, they all should be cut as tall as possible. Four inches, four and a half, four and a quarter if you can. So a lot of people will say, you know, set your mower to the tallest setting and then don't touch it ever. <laughs> you know, that's a really easy way to, to be successful. Just cut it as tall as you can and you'll be good. Now, when you get a little bit more advanced, you can you can play around with those heights a little bit. I really like to play around with the heights for reasons of, say, for instance, I missed that midweek mow. <laughs> oh, no, I missed the midweek mow. Right. I can hear people just crying in the background. But if you miss that midweek mow, then what happens is your grass gets overgrown and you then are at risk of breaking the one third rule. So if I have a mower that goes up to four and a quarter and I'm cutting it at three and three quarters every three to four days, that means that it's not having the opportunity to grow up to that entire, that, that upper bound. Now I can grow up to five inches and still come at it at four and a quarter and I won't break the one third rule. See, so that, that little bit of extra room, if I've got the ability to go like second notch or third notch on my mower, then I know I can jack it all the way up and not risk cutting it too short or risk breaking in the one-third rule. So that's a, that's a little bit of an advanced strategy. If you're if you're new to this, I just I still highly recommend setting it to your absolute highest setting, going out and mowing at least once a week, twice a week, preferably if you can. So now that we know the frequency, we want to think about the type of mower. So your grass type is important here, especially if you are a southern guy or girl then you will be dealing with a different grass type. You'll be dealing with either Bermuda grass, zoysia grass, um, say Augustine grass. These are kind of the staple ones. So if you're dealing with one of these types of grasses, then you have to think about your strategy too, because a St. Augustine is going to be want to be cut four inches or more, as tall as you can go, just like the tall fescues. And the difference here is that the Bermuda is something that really thrives at like one inch or sub one inch. Now, if you have a Bermuda lawn, then you might be in the realm of people that would, would lean towards a real mower, an R-E-E-L mower. Not like the rest of them aren't real, they are. So if you get into the world of real mowing, which is awesome if you want to, and most people will see these on golf courses, right? You see the, the greens mowers that cut sub one inch, you get the fairway mowers that cut about an inch, and you can, you can do this at your property. And it's really healthy for a Bermuda-like lawn. So when you cut it low like that, it thrives. Bermuda gets very stringy and kind of leggy. So when you cut it super short, 
it definitely eliminates that legginess and it gives you just a, a really vibrant color and it's, it's much healthier for the lawn. But most of us are going to be using a rotary mower and most of us know what these are. You know, it's when you look underneath it, it's got a blade or two blades spinning underneath the deck which are rotating around cutting the grass in a circular formation. A real mower cuts them almost like a scissors. There's a bed knife on the mower and then reels that will turn that grass into the bed knife. So it gives it a really nice, crisp, clean cut. It's very nice if you can do it. So the mower that I have is very specific to my particular strategy. Now I do have a rotary mower. I'm not crazy yet enough to have a real mower. I, I'd love to. There's so many great options. There's like an Allet. There are Swordman. There's the McLean models. There, there are some entry models too. Now there's like an electric entry model with a, with a Sunjo. But the big difference here is if you're real mowing your lawn, it's going to need to be cut all the time right you want to you want to real mow your lawn every two days if you can some people every day and that's what they're doing out at the golf course some people every day every two days three days is probably your maximum and then you start getting into the world of like growth regulators that that's really kind of beyond my game at this point just because i don't have the time i would love to jump into that world but with four daughters and work life i just don't have the time to be able to to make that happen maybe someday maybe in retirement or maybe i'll do like a small section of my lawn that i can turn into like a putting green which would be a really fun project but um for now the real mowing is not exactly where i'm at so i have a rotary mower and, and again this is where many of us will fall into place is some kind of rotary mower and of course this is a a world that you could again spend thousands of dollars on or you know, very cheap, you know, within like the two to 300 range. It's going to depend on where you're at in your strategy. If you have a larger property, you really want to have a, a larger mower. Makes sense, right? But here's the rationale that I have. It kind of gets into another tip of mine that helps me save time and helps me achieve my goals in the lawn. My goal is to have everything done from start to finish in one hour it's crazy right it, it, some people are thinking if you've got a big property how is that possible well this is how i do it i make sure that my equipment is ready always the night before and i have a strategy for how i choose to execute my lawn strat my lawn program now my mower is a 30 inch mower it's bigger than the mower that i used to have about 20 inch and i really like getting it done in an hour because it gives me the ability to do it twice a week. If I don't get it done in an hour and I'm out there for multiple hours, then I'm doing it wrong. And I can't sacrifice that much time a week to something that's not my children or my work or my house or my wife, right? There's too many things to dedicate your time to for me in this particular point in my life that I don't have the luxury of that amount of time. So time is an issue for me. And I need to make sure that I get twice a week in. So if I can't get it done in an hour, then I can't get it done. And now my strategy for how I attack it is to first 
edge the property. So it gets into my second piece of equipment that you need is your edger. I edge the property and then I go and trim the property. Then I blow all those trimmings into the lawn. I mow the lawn and then I blow those clippings back into the lawn. Why do I do that? So it's a edge, trim, blow, mow, blow. That's my method. And I do it like that because it's one of my biggest pet peeves when I go out and I see people that have cut their lawns and then edge the property and blow those edge clippings into the lawn and then they sit on top of that beautifully cut lawn. To me, that's just not right. If you want to have a nice looking dance floor of a lawn, you got to go that extra, you know, little piece to make sure that all those little clippings are cut up so fine that you don't see them. And that's how I achieved that look, is to make sure that I edge first, blow that into the yard, and then I'll come over with my mower, mulch the clippings, and then blow those tiny little clippings that whenever I get onto the sidewalk back into the lawn. It looks really nice at the end of the cut, and you don't have anything left over that your kids are tracking into the house after they've had the sprinklers on or whatever, because it all is so small, it's going to fall right down to the soil level, exactly where you need it to be able to feed your grass again with those grass clippings. That's going to give nitrogen back into the soil. So you want those clippings. You don't want them sitting at the top. You want them to be nice, small, easy to digest, easy to get down into the soil. So gets into the quality of cut, right? So my mower is a Time Master. And I chose this because my property is about 10,000 square feet of lawn space. I used to only have about 7,000 square feet of lawn space, so I had a smaller mower upgraded when I felt that I needed to upgrade to, to save more time. You know, funny side story here. When I turned 30, my wife decided to buy me a lawnmower, and that was one of the greatest gifts I've ever received in my entire life. It was a great gift. I did all the research for it. I chose the uh, the super recycler with the spin stop model. It's beautiful. It was beautiful cherry red so nice um she ended up getting it from like a local dealer got it tuned up ready to go it was in the house on the night of my birthday with a big 30 on it was beautiful and i still think about this more and i know you're thinking well why did he get rid of it i, st- I do i still think about it so <laughs> This particular mower was was a beast. It was awesome. I loved it. But I had a 7,500 square foot lot. And for that amount of space, I was able to get it done in an hour, barely. Almost, almost a little bit like hour and 10 sometimes if I got, you know, carried away and did a double cut or something like that, which I often do. I like doing that. Uh, if I do a double cut, I won't edge that. That week, I'll do like a double cut midweek and then edge the property into a single cut on the weekend. We'll get into that later. But the the super recycler was great it was by toro and the reason they call it super is because it's got these little nodules underneath the the deck that allow the grass blades as they're being cut to be spun back into the blades to be cut again so it cuts it and then it cuts it again makes those clippings really really fine so that they fall into the grass nicely and it did that wonderfully if you came from a recycler model and then upgraded to a super recycler model this little change makes all of the difference it really does and it's silly but it really does have a much cleaner cut and a much cleaner look so if you're in that like five hundred dollar to 750 range then you can get a nice super recycler and i highly recommend you do that 
if you've got the lawn space that would require a 21 inch mower. Now Honda makes like an HRX, which is a great product. And there's also, you know, there's all sorts of models out on the line. I don't want to like pigeonhole anyone, any one particular model. I'm a Toro guy. I've always liked Toro. I really like the personal pace system, but yeah, so she buys me this mower and I loved it. But then I'm part of these different Facebook groups online for, for lawn care addicts like I am, I guess. And it's funny because I was on one of these groups that said that there was a sale going on at the Carpentersville Home Depot or something like that. At the time, I was living in Wheaton, so this was about a 40-minute drive. And I go, and I go out there. I tell my wife, I'm just looking. You know, I don't need it. I'm just looking. I got this beautiful mower. Why would I buy a mower? But I'm just going to go look. And so I go, and I look, and it ends up in the back of our, our minivan, and I drive it home. Well, I get home, and of course, my wife doesn't know yet. So I get home, and I go to start it. And it starts up great, but the blades don't engage. And so I'm thinking, wow, I just got duped. I just spent $750 on this mower. And when I, when I got there, you know, they told me that it had been refurbished, that it had only been used by one guy, and the guy didn't like it, and he brought it back, and they took it to the Toro dealer, and they cleaned it out. They did the air filters, did, did everything, right? Well, now I realize probably why he brought it back. This, these blades don't work. And... I jump back on the group, you know, and I'm like, hey, did, did somebody scoop up that other Time Master? Are you guys having problems with it, too? And somebody, sure enough, did. And he's like, yeah, I, I've, I've got the same issue. It's not doing, it was a little bit something different. It wasn't the blades, but he had also had an issue. So we had coordinated, reached out to the store manager, and basically said, this is unacceptable. You can't sell us two duds, especially when we're in a Facebook group together, and this is how we learned about it. And what happened, what ended up happening was they had credited us for two new mowers. So what they did, they had sent two Time Masters from their distributor, from Toro, to this shop. And we had two brand new Time Masters. I mean, these mowers are like $1,200. And we got brand new ones. So when this ended up happening, I was able to tell my wife you know hey look what I got she's like I just got you a mower what are you doing and, and I explained to her I was well this is a $1,200 mower that you know I would never have purchased for myself it's, it's an obscene amount of money to spend on a lawnmower at least at the time I thought that and I tell her that well you know I got it for for a great deal I, I saved like $500 you know um, but in, at this point she had no idea that I had bought a dud but I did only I did tell her once I had the the new one and she's like shaking her head yeah it's beautiful but what about this other one we got to get rid of it and I'm looking at her like why why do we have to get rid of it (laughs) you know I don't know apparently I can't have two high-end mowers in my garage at least at least right now Uh, at the time not so much so I ended up having to sell the super recycler and to this day I regret it I wish that it was still in my garage. I love the Time Master. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love, but I do miss the the uh, Super Recycler at times for sure. It just left a beautiful cut. It was a really light mower. It was, it was like a fraction of the weight that the Time Master is. The Time Master is like 200 pounds. It's huge. Um, but that 30 inches allows me to cut my property in about 35 minutes, which leaves me the rest of the time to edge and to trim and to blow and all that good stuff. So make sure you've got the right equipment 
for your property. That's what I'm getting at. Now, what's what am I using for my edgers and trimmer attachments, right? So I've got this uh, Ryobi 40 volt that the expanded model, which I really like. And now this kind of gets into the world of oh, well, gas power versus battery power and well, one's better than the other and one can't hold the power and one's hurting the environment, right? There's this, this debate in the world of battery versus gas power. And I kind of straddle this line right between them both because my mower is definitely gas power. I think that it's something that I, I like having that power. I like knowing that I don't have to worry about a battery, that it's built solid that I can I can use it um, and I know how to use that mower now I know how to use that equipment now I'm, I'm much better with my motorized equipment than I was when I first purchased my home so I'm more confident with it and for that reason it's helpful but also I just don't have the confidence in my in in battery powered equipment to be able to do the mowing task yet so I know once you start to get into the higher end models that are electric, they're they're really good, like an Allet. If I was going to go and do the real mowing route, I'd probably get an electric Allet. And those are just mind-bogglingly beautiful machines. They're so nice. When you go into Europe and, and you see these, these soccer fields just mowed at like three-eighths of an inch, just gorgeous pieces of grass, they're usually using an Allet machine. And they recently came out now with their battery-powered equipment. So it's it's definitely graduated to a point that it's usable, but I have not dove into that world yet, and I don't have, you know, like the desire to spend $700-plus on a new mower yet. Yet. <laughs> so I don't know. I might do, like, the, the Swordman route, too. The Electra is just a, another beautiful mower. So in that world, if you're willing to spend $2,000 go for it and you can have a beautiful mower and a beautiful you know battery power too so i have chosen not to go that route for my mower and i did choose to go the battery route for my edger trimmer and all other attachments kind of my other pieces of equipment and these are great because ryobi makes this expanded model where they all come off of the same handle and i have a 40 volt uh, battery. It's a four amp hour battery. I've got two of them and they, they work with everything. It works with my blower too. So I used to have, you know, a gas powered blower, but I don't find the need for that anymore. Now that I've got these, this battery system, I've only got sidewalks in the front and I, and I got one driveway. Now, if I had a much larger property with more sidewalks, I might consider a backpack blower, but for what I have, this like $160, uh, Ryobi blower works great, you know? And it works with my other batteries that I already have for my for my uh, for my edger and my trimmer. So think about what works best for you. You know, you may not need separate pieces of equipment. Now, when I first started out, I was given a trimmer. That's what I worked with. Now I really like having the edger, and I like having the trimmer for around trees. But the edger on sidewalks just makes them look so crisp, right? So it's going to get down to what you've got, what you're willing to purchase and what you are comfortable with. You can get really good at edging along your sidewalks with a string trimmer. If that's what you've got, you gotta roll with it. If you are not in the market for a new trimmer, then you've gotta roll with what you've got. But if you are, and you're thinking about what you wanna get, this is why it was helpful to start off with 
having been given certain equipment or having been, you know, purchased equipment that was uh, like with the house, that came with the house, something like that. And you get used to what you've got and you learn what you don't like so that you can choose what you do like. And that's really what happened to me. I had like a 40 to 1 ratio trimmer that just leaked a lot and it was old, but I learned. And now I like the battery powered for that reason. I'm not putzing around with a small engine. I'm not putzing around with 40 to 1, 50 to 1 fuels. I pop a battery in, I make sure that they're charged and, it's, and I'm ready to go. So that, that works for me, and I like that. If you wanted to go gas route, I would probably suggest going a little bit higher end, like a steel or an echo line, because these still offer that attachment piece. Having the ability to just switch a head on and off of your attachment is, is really nice. Then you don't have separate pieces of machines that you need to have you know, tuned up or, or whatever. By having a singular unit that you then purchase and build off upon is, is a benefit to you. Like even the one that I have, it's got like a tiller attachment, a hedger, a hedge trimmer. They're awesome. There's, there's, there's really a tool for everything within those lines. So now that you've got an idea of what you need for a mower, you've got an idea of what you want to get for edger, trimmer, hedge trimmer, etc. Those are kind of your everyday or every week pieces of equipment. The things you need to have every time that you mow the lawn. You're going to need to blow your clippings back into the yard. You're going to need to edge your lawn. You're going to need to mow your lawn. Those are things you need to do. We learned that we want to cut it twice a week so that we can make sure we don't break the one-third rule. We want to make sure that we can get fine clippings into the lawn, into the soil. So now that we've got that idea, we can kind of start to step back and look at a little bit of a larger, long-term strategy. What are we going to need outside of our everyday, every week stuff? And the first thing that comes to my mind is my spreader and your spreader. So think about how we're going to be applying our granular fertilizers and our granular product and our product in general. How are we going to be applying things to the lawn? And the most standard item that most homeowners have in some capacity or, or will have hopefully is a spreader. You know, most people can go to Home Depot and pick up like a $29 Scott's edge guard. And these things are great. They really are. They, they're small enough for a home that's like 2,500 to 5,000 square feet. And they've got a little edger piece that you can make sure you're not throwing product, uh, you know, across your, into your neighbor's yard or into your garden beds. And there's very little to learn. You know, each fertilizer bag is going to have a little number. You set the dial to it, you go. So those are great to have. And I have had one for six years. I've had the same one, the $30 spreader, and it's been working great. There's really nothing wrong with it. But I chose to upgrade this year because I, I have reasons to upgrade. I want to have a nicer spreader for, for multiple reasons. Um, I like having pneumatic tires on the spreader because it's easier to move across the lawn, especially when my yard gets kind of thick. I find that the Scott spreader is a little bit difficult to push. So having a, a little bit taller piece is less you know, harmful on my back and allows me to kind of be out there more often. You know, I, If it's got pneumatic tires and it's easy to push and it's easy to use, then I'll use it more often. I'll still use the Scott's one for like salt because I don't want to get you know salt all into my nice spreader but 
I chose to upgrade to a Brindley model, which is a 50 pound bucket spreader. The bucket's not 50 pounds, but it's a capacity of 50 pounds for product. And I definitely have, you know, a couple of qualms with it. But overall, I'm, I'm impressed and I like it way more than I like my Scots. So once you start to think about this, you got to think again about your budget and what you want to have and what's most important to you. Most people will probably have a nicer spreader or, you know, could have a nicer spreader than sprayer, you know. For instance, and now this gets into your strategy of whether or not you're going to primarily be granular or primarily be liquid. If you plan on being an all-liquid program, more power to you. That's awesome. And I highly encourage you to if you've got the time, the budget, and the willingness. Because you're going to need to get a nicer sprayer. Yes, you can start off by getting like a two-gallon type you know, sprayer or a one-gallon type sprayer maybe something that works with your tool line already, like a, a Ryobi makes an 18 volt sprayer. And that's, that's good. You can get that. Um, but in my, in my humble opinion, I would not consider going on an all liquid program until you've got the amount of money to purchase like a 300 plus dollar sprayer until you get a flow zone or a Strom type sprayer. I think that you're just going to struggle by using some of these other products. You can absolutely get away with doing it. And there's, there's different tips that you can use. There's different nozzles and different strategies and different things that you should and shouldn't be mixing, which I'll get into in another episode. I'm going to get into the um, biostimulants and fertilizers. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut this episode just a little bit short uh, I hear my youngest daughter upstairs crying. Um, I'm going to have to go relieve my wife here and uh, see if she can take a bottle or something like that and get her back down. So I'm going to be releasing a, a part two of this equipment episode here shortly. But for now, we're going to leave it there. We I think it's a good stopping point. We were able to touch base on our everyday immediate use stuff. Things like our mower, our edger, our trimmer attachments. And uh, then also looking at some of our kind of monthly applicators, things like our sprayers and our spreaders. Stay on the lookout for this part two episode of this equipment piece where I'm going to be talking about more of our annual equipment, things like our de-thatchers, scarifiers, uh, aerators, shovels, different things to be doing there. Um, and some also some general tips on how to be maintaining our equipment and other things like that. So with that, I'm going to let you guys off and I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and until next time, you know, this is Marty Teresi signing off with the Grass Station Podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Bye now. <laughs>